What's up, Gumbo listeners? I'm your host, Demetrius Malbro, and I am dropping another Data Protection Gumbo episode for you. And today I have W. Curtis Preston, Chief Technical Evangelist at Druva on. He has specialized in storage backup and recovery since 1993 and has been an end-user consultant and analyst. He is now the Chief Technical Evangelist for Druva, a cloud-based data protection company. He's written four O'Reilly books on data protection, and the latest of which has just been released. It's called Modern Data Protection, Ensuring Recoverability of All Modern Workloads. So Gumbo listeners W. Curtis talks about business continuity and the importance of protecting against insider threats, unique ways of protecting all of your data, utilizing tried and true methods of backup, and some interesting stories about ransomware. So let's get right into the episode. Curtis, how are you today? Well, uh, I've had better weeks. I broke my nose last week. But other than that, <laughs> I'm oh, doing no. just fine. <laughs> Man, and, and you're still willing to have a conversation with me about backups. I am that dedicated to backup because I'm sitting here. I had surgery yesterday and I'm back to <laughs> You're back up. I'm yes. Back. Ah, oh, I see what you, I see what you did there. I like it. All right. So glad to have you on. Let, let's talk a little bit about, let's say, business continuity from the perspective of a rogue admin or an insider threat. So someone who's not very happy, mm-hmm. uh, a disgruntled employee, someone that has involuntarily left the company, let's say today. Yeah. And they've decided to sabotage sens- yeah. sensitive information and confidential data. That does happen. And it may not happen as often as people think it does. But I think it's a, it's a scenario that you have to be prepared for. So how, how can a company protect against these types of, of insider threats, Curtis? Well, first, uh, thanks for having me on. I, I agree. It doesn't happen as often as as some people might have you think, but it does happen more often than other people would have you think. It is definitely, uh, number one, is definitely a risk, right? And number two, I think it's mm-hmm. possibly the most difficult risk to protect against, right? Because what you're dealing with is a person, a privileged person, right? They have a lot of power and, um, you know, whatnot within your data center or whatever, your computing environment. I, I have to switch off of the data center term, right? Your computing environment, right? And with that power, you know, I, I used to joke uh, years ago that because there was a time that in order to be the backup admin, you had to be root on everything, right? You had to be root and or administrator on every system as well as being root and or administrator in the backup system. And I used to joke, you know, be very nice to your backup admin because they have the power to destroy the entire data center and destroy all of the backups, right? And it's that's a real concern. And so um, I'd say right. the first thing is to simply, and, and, and yes, I agree that it's not that common, but you do have to protect against it, right? Um, and I can think of, without going into details, I can think of three or four incidents in the last, say, year uh, that are some were high profile, some that only I have knowledge to, of because of where I work, um, you know, the privileged information, I can't reveal that. But uh, and, and similar to rogue admin is, is, a, is, is a bad actor gaining 
um, unauthorized escalated privileges, right? So uh, it's basically the same problem, right? Uh, is you have this account that can do many, many things, uh, mm-hmm. including okay. deleting or encrypting, you know, all the data and uh, deleting everything and then also deleting all the backups. And so I'd say the first really important thing here, and this goes to backups and to data centers and to cloud accounts, especially to cloud accounts especially to cloud accounts. And that is the separation of powers, right? The, the, the concept of least privilege. If you have a person who is your, and you may not have this, but if you do have a person who their only job is to administer Microsoft 365 for your company, um, then they should have zero access to anything else anywhere in the company, even if it's more convenient for them to, to do so, right? Um, it, the, the point is that they should have only the amount of access needed to accomplish their job at that moment. Um, and the uh, we, so, so the concept of least privilege, right? So making sure that, that, that everybody only has the privileges that they need at the moment. I also think that any escalated privileges that they use to do their job, they should have to become those privileges, meaning uh, either, you know, they should, so most systems and, you know, pick your favorite cloud vendor. Most of the cloud vendors have this, you have the ability to uh, to have named accounts administering the system. We, we, we've long gone are the days when everybody has to be root. Everybody has to have the root password, right? Um, so you yeah. say, we grant this. Pr- so, so you have the concept of least privilege. Then you have the concept of roles, mm-hmm. right? So you, you, you give this person. So there's no one person who administers all of this thing. You say, right. this person can do these things. This person can do these things. And the more you can do that, the more you limit the the blast radius, right? Um, so 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 the, so it's all about that least privileged thing, right? Is to 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 grant people only the stuff that they need to get their job done, and then also that everything should be logged in an individual person's account, right? Everything that they do, every action should be logged as a person, not something like root or administrator, right? Nothing should be done in the global administrator of, uh, you know, a lot of cloud companies have global accounts that are used to grant privileges to other privileges accounts. That global account should never be used to do anything other than that, right? Um, and and you should hopefully not need root or administrator. And if you do, it should be the exception and it should be, you, you should need to use something like sudo to become root and that should be logged, right? Um, and you should do all of those things to basically limit the, you know, the blast radius of that. And then, and then I would say that the, from a rogue admin or, or someone gaining privilege access that they shouldn't have, um, this is why we back up, right? Um, this is the number one reason why we back up or, well, one of the number one reasons why we back up. And then also, it's also why. Yeah, I right, think right. that if there is a case for a dedicated backup person or a group of people, if it's possible to, to as much as possible to limit the number of people who have privileged access into the backup system, right? Because most backup systems, almost all backup systems, um, they don't have the ability to prevent, you know, if you do have a single rogue admin who does have 
you know, privileged access and they want to blow away everything. Most backup systems don't have the ability yet. I think that it's coming. Uh, they don't have the ability to to stop that admin from doing anything, right? But still, least privilege. I think least privilege, least privilege as much as possible. And I realize that the smaller you are as a company, the harder that is to uh, to enact. Um, but even if you're one person, you should have different accounts to do different things. You should not just be logging in as root everywhere, right? Um, you should have you know, an account that has a certain permission because you protect yourself even from yourself, right? It's not just a rogue admin. It's a, it's an accidental admin that, 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 you know, I I think of, I think of the KPMG incident that happened uh, last year where uh, a, not a rogue admin, but just an admin that just, you know, for whatever reason, they made an accident. They made an accident and accidentally deleted every user's uh, private chats and, 365, right? With, with a single mouse click. Oh, crap. And there was no backup of that, right? Um, so just limit even your power, you know, within the within the, your computing environment. Okay. Yeah. And, and I guess it, it will probably be a, I guess, a similar uh, set of um, requirements or I guess what what someone would actually have to do, like the least amount of privilege in a ransomware situation as well, because, you know, insider threat, you know, external threat, et cetera, you know, it's, it, you're still dealing with, with actors that want to do your data harm. Just from that perspective, what, what, are, what are the steps to protect from and also limit the impact of a threat like that, and especially uh, like ransomware? Are there things that, that, that you can do to your environment or within your environment just from a, and, and maybe they don't have to be backup related either, but just overall security you know what? What are the steps there? Yeah, I think I think just like with with um, well, first off, ransomware is becoming increasingly common. It's it's it 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 it's becoming way too common, and way too many companies are paying the are paying the ransomware, which is just going to make it more common, right? I, I think the the number one thing here is to look is to you know hire if you don't have one, hire an information security specialist. Who understands the threat of ransomware and how ransomware is typically propagated, right? Um, and and turn off those things, <laughs> deactivate those things, right? So the, the most the most common, to my knowledge, the most common um, way ransomware is spread spread once it's inside the data center is RDP, right? The remote de- remote desktop uh, protocol, right? Turn off RDP. Mm-hmm. Why are using RDP, right. especially using it in an unrestricted fashion with no security built around it? If you have to have RDP to get your job done, first off, I'd say seriously reconsider your computing environment. Um, if you have to do that, then set it up in like a special VPN that to go back to the concept of least privilege, only a few people should be able to use RDP. They should be on a separate VTN. You should be able, you should have to log into that VPN as, as, a, as an authenticated privileged user. And only then can you access RDP. A, a Joe user on his laptop who gets infected from ransomware because he clicked on a stupid email or said something to somebody that he shouldn't have, um, should not be able to just go into the data center and plug in his laptop and suddenly he is RDPing to your production server. That's just that just shouldn't be the case. And it's and that's the predominant way that ransomware is being spread. And turn off RDP on the on the laptops as well, right? 
um, if you know, you you should have some. There, there's there's management software to do all of this, right? Go get that stuff, enable these features, and stop using RDP. Just number one thing I, I'd say. And then and then there are other things, but RDP is the one that for me is the easy. This is the low hanging fruit. Just turn off RDP or at least severely limit its functionality. Uh, and then the other way is uh, through SMB, right? Um, and uh, and then on that, I also I'm also a firm believer, and and this is not an anti Windows rant. But Windows is still, for now, the primary attack vector for ransomware, right? Doesn't necessarily mean it's more or less secure. It's just it is definitely the primary attack vector. And um, for that reason, I'm not a fan of having Windows-based backup servers. I know there's a lot of really good backup software that runs only on Windows-based backup servers. I'm not a fan of that, right? Um, And I'm really not a fan of those same servers having the backups directly accessible via the backup server. So the, the default installation for a lot of these products are you install the, the software on Windows and then they ask you, what director do you want to backup to? And you say slash backups. No, no, I'm saying the destination. I'm saying the destination, right? And, and the destination for your backups is slash backups. You're like, oh, well, I don't have a slash backup. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to SMB mount. Um, yeah, I'm going to SMB mount my data domain box to my Windows-based backup server, and then I'm going to, right, so now essentially those backups are directly accessible via the Windows box, right? So now, and because, I I know this because people have had their backups encrypted. What's worse than having a ransomware attack is having a ransomware attack and then having the thing that's supposed to protect you from the ransomware attack encrypted, right? So don't do that. There are ways to separate. Even if you're you're not going to, you know, agree with me, you like the backup software that you have and it's only Windows-based, I get it. Um, so at least separate the backup data. Don't have it directly accessible via that Windows backup server. There are ways. The most yeah. common way, you know, is to have one of these third-party uh, deduplication appliances like Data Domain. There are ways to write to a Data Domain box that don't let the directory show up. Uh, you know, there's proprietary ways to connect these two systems that don't uh, that protect it from ransomware. Look into yeah. those uh, things. And you, you also mentioned paying the ransom or not paying the ransom earlier. Do, do you recommend paying the please ransom? For, oh my God, please <laughs> don't pay the ransom. But, but it, what, if, you know, what if they don't, if they're not able to uh, have their data backed up and they, they know they don't have good, good solid backups to recover from? Well, I mean, it's, if it's, if, if it's a choice of your company's going to go out of business tomorrow because, because you didn't do all the things we said before, and now all of your data and all of your backups are encrypted, I, I'm, you probably have no choice to pay the ransom. The ones that I really um, hate are the ones who do a cost-benefit analysis. They say, okay, well, based on our backup system and our crappy DR plan, by the way, have a better DR plan, based on our crappy DR plan, um, we... Um, uh, we think it's going to take us six weeks to get the company back up online. And that's going to cost us $5 million. The ransomware only wants 500,000. That sounds like <laughs> yeah. a deal. Okay. You, you just, you know, not only did you continue to uh, foster the ransomware industry, and by the way, there is a ransomware industry. The other is, is you, you made yourself a target. You've let them known, you know, it's just like, it's just like a, a blackmail. If you pay blackmail, the only thing that's going to happen is, um, you know, you're going to get blackmailed again, right? Just just ask Alexander Hamilton. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> this, this is a story. I don't, I don't know if you followed the story, right? But he got he got blackmailed for he was 
having an affair. He got blackmailed. And uh, all that happened is the guy kept coming back to him. And, you know, da, 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 long story short, you know, he ended up dead. <laughs> so back up your stuff or you'll die. There you go. That's my, <laughs> back that's up my or story. die. Don't pay the ransomware. <laughs> back up or die. Yeah, don't pay. God, please don't pay. The, don't do this cost benefit analysis or use your you've got a, you've got a cyber insurance policy and they're like, well, if we, if we do this and cyber insurance policy, you'll pay, we don't even have to pay the ransom. We just, you know, we just do the cyber insurance policy. We don't have to pay anything or we could be down for six weeks. I, I just, yeah, I hate, I hate the idea of paying okay. the ransom unless you have no other that, choice. Well, that, that's clear. Now, is, is there a, yeah. a difference? Like if you're protecting data in the cloud is there a difference in the way you protect yeah. it from from ransomware than on premises well uh, well everything's different in the cloud right but um i i think the concept's the same one thing i forgot to mention on things in the ransomware another thing i'm i'm just not a fan and, and yes i will admit i work for a cloud backup company um but you know and, and this i i don't I, I pretty much I've had this opinion for a, even before I started to work for them. Um, and that is that um, th there is way too much technology available, way too many companies that would allow you to have an off-premises backup of your on-premises solutions. I, I think we've passed the point where an on-premises backup system is the, makes the most sense for an on-premises environment, right? Um, and that's another thing you could do to protect from ransomware is, is it's it's a lot harder for your ransomware product or ransomware I don't know what you call that, your ransomware software to to attack your backups if they're not even in your data center or anywhere where your computing stuff is. But to go to the cloud question, it, it's literally the same concept. I don't think you should have your backup um, in the same thing that you're backing up, right? It, it all goes back to um, my, you know, my favorite rule, which is the three, two, one rule, right? Three versions of your data on two different media, one of which is somewhere else. When you look at um, a, when we say the cloud, the cloud means all sorts of things, right? It's everything from from an AWS to an Office 365, right? Um, and 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 I would say that uh, I can give you examples from both, from companies who didn't listen to this concept, and they had their backup in the thing, right? So um, the, I'd say the most egregious was back. There was a company called uh, Code Spaces. Um, and th they were, they were, a they were a SaaS service that, um, it was a safe space to put your code, which is quite ironic given what happened. They had all of their stuff, all of their servers, all of their services, all of their backups of all of their services in a single AWS account that didn't have, um, multi-factor authentication wow. turned on. Please, for the Jeez. love of God, turn okay. on multi-factor authentication on anything right. that matters, Right. And a hacker got a hold of their account and he said, give me a million dollars or I'm going to delete your account. They started to try to lock him out and um, the hacker deleted their company. Oh, whoa. And so in a matter of seconds, all of their production data, all of their backup data was gone. Oh, my goodness. And they went to Amazon. They're like, hey, man. Amazon's like, hey, man. You didn't follow our best right. practices. Did you read it? You don't store your backup data in the same account, right? So separate. It, everything's about separation, separation of powers, mm -hmm. right? Separation of, of data, right? That's all the three, two, one rule 
uh, is about is, you know, the three versions, and that's really a minimum that that part that that should now be like hundreds of versions. Right. Um, you should have because you, you really don't know when you're going to know that you screwed up. Right. And so that's why you have as many versions as you can. Right. So three is, a, is definitely a bare minimum. And then the thing about having it on two separate media, that's about you don't back up your laptop to your laptop. It, it seems common sense when you say <laughs> yeah. it like that. You don't. You So are you a, are you a Mac person or a Windows person? Both. I have both. OK. Yeah. So, you, you know, time machine. Mm -hmm. Right. So time machine, you could go into your Mac and you could use your disk tool to partition your uh, laptop drive into two, what, what appears to be two drives. Right. And then you could go into time machine and tell it to back up drive one to drive two. Mm -hmm. That would be absolutely idiotic. Yeah. Right. Because you're backing up the thing to the thing. The same is true of what cloud spaces did. You backed up your AWS account to your AWS, AWS account. Makes no sense. The same, the same is true of 365, um, G Suite, Salesforce, anybody who's relying on built-in protections in a service like that as their primary protection um, is not is doing themselves a disservice. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, it, it, and I go back to the three, two, one rule: stored on at least two different media. And and in this case, it means the media means. So when you look at like something like three sixty five. If you use, they've got some great, this, this yeah. is my problem with 365 is they have mm -hmm. some great data protection features, but they're not, none of them are what I consider backup. They're, they're just, when you, when you enable, like, um, when you, the, the one that a lot of people throw up is, well, what about retention policies? Retention policies are about retention. Yeah, they're not right. about backups, mm -hmm. but, but if, but a lot of people hold them up as a backup tool. Well, retention policies, you all you're doing is when you delete an email, when you delete, uh, you know, an item in, in SharePoint or OneDrive and you have a retention policy, all it does is it, 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 this is all just a big fancy database, right? right that, yeah. That's all 365 is. It's a big fancy database with a nice UI. And when you delete an email, a file or record or whatever, and you have a retention policy, what it does is it, it's, it doesn't delete it. It just flags it as having been deleted and we have to retain it. It didn't go anywhere. It's just, it, it just changed the bit in the record. Right. Right. Yeah. You don't have a backup. You, you have the same thing as when you split your, your laptop in two, right. You just have a, a you, you just, it's right next to it. Right. And, and, and proof of that is what did happen to KPMG, right. They went in, they, they, they deleted their, <laughs> they deleted their backup. Right. Yeah. Right. Their backup and their data all, all at one time. Right. Cause retention policy, it's a really unique tool. You can say nothing. Everything has no retention. You can literally say you, you can have no more than one day of retention. And if you turn on that policy, it deletes at that moment everything older than one day. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's both a right. powerful yeah. tool, you know, and, and, you know, and people make mistakes. So really, to, but to go back to your question, this is why it's about separation, putting it in another account. And yes, to go to the one in the three, two, one rule, I do believe in the case of something like um, AWS, Azure, GCP, um, you should also copy those backups to another region. Yeah. All of these, all of this functionality is built into the tool, right? Um, they, they all have the ability to do this. You just have to either be really good at scripting and writing APIs and whatnot, or writing two APIs, or you can hire a third party tool to, to manage that process for you. I, I, 
certainly prefer the latter because not everybody's that great at scripting. Yeah. Um, and, and why, why do that? Right. When you can hire somebody to, to manage that process, um, so that everything is always in another account and then located in another region. And by the way, I, I actually like the idea of having a completely separate account whose only purpose is backup. Uh, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's smart. It, it doesn't have to be just one account, but, but, but not, this account, its only purpose is backup, right? So, and and again, we limit the number of people who have access to that account, right? Right. Yeah. Um, and then we back up everything to that account. Um, yeah. So there you go. And you could you could have an additional argument, and and, and I, you know, a longer call would be needed. <laughs> you could have an additional argument as to whether or not you should have it in something else, like you should back up AWS to something other than AWS. That's a a much yeah, bigger discussion. It is. Um, but at least do what you can do easily today, which is have it in a separate account in a separate region. Right. Okay. It seems like you are kind of kind of setting your ways on on that on that answer there. So I'm setting my ways, <laughs> man. And and it really it really I this morning I I watched a webinar where somebody referred to the three two one rule as is old school and data center thinking. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, you got this cool fancy car good for you right yeah um like it literally it, it, it's like the early netapp days you've been in the business long enough you remember when netapp came out oh yeah and netapp the thing was well you don't need to back it up anymore because we're so good and we have this we have all these cool features and they you know they come the closest to any anybody else because you you can kind of follow the three two one rule with a really good netapp based system right yeah but in the end you still have the same code base across it so how are you protecting against that? And they have some answers for that. But literally from day one, they're like, we have snapshots. We don't need to back up. Yeah, right. And I was like, I okay, remember that. that's a great new tool, but it has it has limitations. And let's talk about what those limitations are. And so yeah. this is the, 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 number of, the number of SaaS customers who think that SaaS, that backup is included in their SaaS offering is staggering. And and all I do is I say, listen, go read your service agreement. Yeah. Just go read mm -hmm. your service agreement and find the word backup or restore anywhere in your service agreement. And when you find it, I will pay you a hundred dollars because it yeah. ain't there. Yeah. Now and, uh, do yeah. do you do you also have any, I guess, recommendations around detection since we've already talked about, you know, what what should someone do if they happen to have an insider thread or, you know, ransomware is detected, et cetera? You know, what, what techniques, if any, can companies actually use to detect threats a little bit earlier to minimize that risk in their environments? Well, I, I'd say that, you know, when you start saying earlier, you're leaning much more towards the, towards the information security side of the world, which is not my bailiwick. But I, I yeah, so yeah. I would say just, hire somebody that knows that world, right? There are specialists in, in intrusion detection, you know, get an intrusion detection system, use it, live it, know it, love it. Right. And, 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 and keep paying your bill so that it works. Right. You should do all those things. Um, the, the, the only thing I can recommend are, are the things that I really know about are, are more the back end kind of things. What I can say is there are multiple backup software and services that have started to do anomaly detection in the backup itself, right? So you, you, you're in this central location, you see all of the activity. And so suddenly, you know, you see that, um, 
you know, Curtis just modified a thousand files on his laptop. Probably he didn't get, you know, really um, uh, prolific. He just got, um, you know, he got ransomware, right? So stop his backups, you know, stop, you know, notify somebody and then go look into what's going on, right? So you can, you can do that on the back end. Um, but I, you know, other than that, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not a gotcha. intrusion detection type person, but I would just say, get somebody who, yeah, is. I would definitely have to give them advice to, you know, dedicate budget toward, you know, business continuity and disaster recovery and pen testing. And, you know, it, it's definitely an area that you have to uh, invest in and get the appropriate professionals, you know, to come take a look at your environment, do some auditing and just give you that, that solid um, information that you need to kind of shore up all the, all the holes that yeah. are in your environment uh, per se. So what, what do you think is the worst, worst, the, yeah, the worst risk that every computing environment has? What do you think it the is? The worst risk. Like, like the biggest, the biggest risk that every computing environment has. What do you think it is? Um, the biggest risk that any computing environment has, probably its own employees, you ask me. That's exactly right. Yeah. Right. It, it, it's the, it's the attack vector for for ransomware. It's the attack vector for, you know, I mean, it, that's what phishing is all yeah. about. I just got a phone call uh, yesterday, uh, telling my, my power company telling me that uh, my power is going to be shut off in thirty <laughs> minutes if I didn't talk to one of their agents. And, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, my thing's pretty set up for automatic payment. I'm pretty sure. And it just says your power company. It didn't even right. say SDG&E. Right. Um, it was a phishing attack, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, the, um, is so, so you need lots of training, just constant training. I know, I know at Druva, we, we constantly talk about, um, uh, we, every, every year we have, you know, both obviously the stuff like the sensitivity and sexual harassment training, but we also have, uh, of, we have security training, right? Oh, and yeah, I know like that we do pen training, testing. Yeah. Um, I, I, pen testing is as much about people as it is about your systems, right? right? There's a great movie, by the way, uh, Sneakers. Have you ever seen it? Oh, no, I haven't. Sneakers. Oh, it's a great movie. It, it, rent it if you don't have what it. Network? It stars like uh, Netflix or Hulu. I, I, I don't know. I don't even know. I, I just you probably it, you probably have to rent it for three bucks. Sneakers. Or something, I'll check it, it out. It, it, sneakers. It stars a, a young Robert Redford. Um, there's um, uh, what's his name. Um, uh, Darth Vader. What's his name? Uh, <laughs> I'm the wrong person. <laughs> what's his name? Uh, um, I can't think of it. King Joffrey also. What's his name? What's his name? Oh, um, geez. It escapes me too, but we'll keep it Darn moving. It. Yeah, that guy. That guy. Um, it's a lot of great actors. And what they do is they, they are a pen testing company. They are hired they're white hat hackers, right? Mm -hmm. To to go in and penetrate, and they show in this movie uh, the way a lot of the stuff is done. The the um, you know it's about um, uh, what what do you call social engineering, right? To to get yeah. you to, to 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 let people into where you uh, and and I have a I have a friend who actually does physical pen testing, um, and his job when he gets hired by a company. Uh, his job is to get into a privileged area that he's not supposed to get into, take a picture and get out. Mm. And he said he's successful more often than not. Yeah. Wow. Um, and, and you know, if you know anything about computers, you know that physical access is the one thing that's the hardest to protect. From. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Once you get physical access. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Okay. 
Well, we are up against time here, but I, I do have a couple minutes to ask you about the the closing gumbo question, which is not necessarily a technical question, but it is one that will help the listeners further advance their careers. Um, but specifically, what, what advice do you have for, let's say, backup and storage administrators that are you know, out of a job right now due to the pandemic and they are looking for a job, but they are not having any success right now. And let's say that they've been at it for six months plus. Yeah, I, I don't know about you, but I've got I've got friends that are in that boat, right? Um, I, one of them just got a job last week. I'm so happy. Another of them is, is has come really close a few times, and and it's it's so. There was one job that that it it was a it was a really good job, and we really thought he had it, and then at the last minute, you know, the, the company went in a different direction is the, the phrase that he got. Hey, at least, at least they told him, right. But how I know how disheartening it, 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 it must be. Um, the, the only thing I, I can, you know, well, one is this, this is going to get better. Um, you know, things are looking better already. And I think it's going to get better here from here on out. And, and so what I would say is to find something, two things, find something you, you can only, you can only hunt for a job so much, right? You can only, you can only go to so many job sites yeah. and, and send so many <laughs> resumes. So you need a few hours a day where you're not doing anything that, that's even technical. My personal thing is I have to have a hobby, right? I have to have something to do and, you know, and, and find something to do that isn't yeah. about work, isn't about you know, even is not about computers and, and do that thing, right? Um, hopefully find one that's inexpensive mm. because you're out of work. So you don't have a lot of money to throw around. Um, you know, right. my yeah. hobby, uh, lately has been doing stuff with wood. Um, that's my current hobby. I'm, I'm in the middle of building mm -hmm. a shed in the backyard, which no, that is not how I broke my nose, but <laughs> it's related. Um, <laughs> and, um, so that's number one. And number two, I would say, take this down opportunity. And this is another way to give yourself a, a positive outlook. Take this opportunity yeah. to, to better yourself, to learn something that you didn't already know. Um, you know, if you don't know anything about, um, Kubernetes and, and, you know, that, that sort of stuff, it's all free, right? Go oh, yeah. out and, you know, there's tons of resources. Go out and look at all these new things like mm -hmm. Kubernetes and Docker and containers and learn about that world um, and learn about these other worlds that are changing. Uh, there are a lot of services uh, and educational services that have been made available for people that are, uh, you know, unemployed due to the pandemic. Find those resources and take this opportunity to learn more, um, you know, and, um you know, there you go. Okay. That's great advice. And before I let you go, I also heard from a little birdie that you might have a new book coming out. Is that right? That is correct. I, uh, this is, this is the book I've been wanting to write like for half my career. Um, hmm. I, I don't know of any book. So I, this will be my fourth book, Okay. but my first, my first few books were about, um, well, I wrote one book about storage, about uh, NAS and SAN, but mm -hmm. my two backup books were about, they were about native tools built into, um, you know, Unix and Windows that, right. you know, that you could use to backup yourself. I I've never covered the world of commercial backup software and hardware and services, right? So okay. this is, so this is written in the modern era. So, uh, you know, I go through all of, the, you know, I first talk about all the things that you need to back up. 
Mm-hmm. I, I, I cover I cover some basic concepts like the three two one rule and stuff like that. But then I, I go through like everything that you need to back up and why you need to back it up and how you need to back it up. All of the places you could potentially be sending your backups, which is everything from tape. No tape is not dead. <laughs> tape to to the cloud uh, to uh, target deduplication systems and you know just regular old disk and all of those kind of things. And then all of the different ways you can back up. Um, you know, everything from, you know, standard full and grandfather son type stuff uh, to modern, um, you know, forever incremental and source deduplication and what that's all about. And then and then I go cover all of the different types of products and the way those manifest itself and the pros and cons of all of the different, um, you know, uh, products. And to make sure that I'm, you know, not doing a, a Druva centric approach, I've, mm-hmm. I've made sure that I have tech reviewers because uh, that is not my goal at all. Uh, tech reviewers right, yeah. from all of the other vendors, right, to make sure that I'm giving everybody a fair shake, and I, th- I think I did a good job at that. Okay. And also, we cover we cover DR uh, and all of this in 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 a sizzling 500 pages. Um, so um, that was <laughs> okay. when, when they saw my outline. When they saw my outline, they said, "Oh my God, this is going to be a 2,000 page book." I said, "Trust me, I have zero desire to write a 2,000 page book." But I, yeah. I did write. Uh, it's going to be right about 500 pages, and we're we're in the uh, okay. second draft right now, uh, so it should be out hopefully just before the summer. And what's what's the title? Modern Data Protection. It's from O'Reilly. Ah, that's sexy. I'm gonna have to make sure I pick up a copy. So it's, it's gonna be on Amazon and I guess everywhere else. It'll be it'll be on all the things. O'Reilly's really good at marketing the books. Uh, okay. It it'll be uh, it'll be another Armadillo book. Um, which interestingly enough, the first O'Reilly book I ever bought was an Armadillo book. It was uh, mm-hmm. Eileen Frisch's uh, Essential System Administration. This is a this is the seven banded armadillo from Southern America. Ah. So there you go. You know, O'Reilly books they have all the different animals on them. So that'll all right. be my new animal. Well, it's been fantastic, uh, Curtis. Uh, is there any way, I guess, uh, social media handles that you would like Gumbo listeners to reach Obviously, out? Obviously, yeah, of course. Uh, I'm at WC Preston on Twitter. Uh, you can, of course, see me on BackupCentral.com, uh, where I blog, and uh, I also have my own podcast over there. Oh yeah, he's a fellow podcaster, so make sure you yeah, check out his podcaster. podcast as well. Yeah, it's called Restore It All. Restore It All. We even we even have a, a theme song, which is sung by my uh, my daughter. It's a parody of uh, of Adele's Rolling in the Deep. Oh wow! That I, That's that nice. I did a few years ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, Curtis, thank you so much for taking time out to appear on Data Protection Gumbo, and I guess we'll have to have you on again to talk about that book of yours, Modern Data Protection. So, well, well, definitely. Uh, you know, I love talking about backups. I like talking about restores even more. All right. Well, thank you very much, and we'll talk soon. Thank you for listening to Data Protection Gumbo. Please follow us on Twitter at DPG Podcast and join our Backup and Recovery Professionals LinkedIn group. Just search Backup and Recovery Professionals on LinkedIn, and you will find the group. And until next time, Gumbo listeners, have a fantastic week.